Welcome to Wither Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Alston, and today we're discussing Chapter 19. So before we get to chapter 19, we should probably talk about what we talked about in chapter 18. Uh, first off, um, we thought that when we got the reveal of Magician Girl 18, perhaps we may be singing, who's that girl? But, joke's on us, there's the girl is Dylan. Dylan is the girl. And la 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 and the whole reason why he has been hiding behind this little screen name is because surprise surprise he's a magician too, and his family has a legacy of tricking Merlin's magic ball um, in order to disguise the fact that a family of bigots is within holding magicians uh, who are the scapegoats of their bigotry. So that's fantastic news, we mm. think, possibly for Amari, but also a slightly sus. Um, we also learn that there is a black book that is a magical key slash treasure that um, Moreau maybe after and will give him powers that are heretofore unseen um, in usage and that the Bureau is hoping to keep away from him. And so that's part of the reason why um, he's doing what he's doing. He's maneuvering how he's maneuvering. Um, and then while we're on the topic of Dylan and books, Dylan gives Amaria a spell book that he just like happens to have because he has been dabbling in this magician thing for longer than she has and has access to magical places. So now um, Amari's ma- uh, magician journey is being like, I don't know, supported by actual like tools and resources that could help possibly help her be a better magician. But before she can even fully investigate the usage of this book, uh yeah here comes Lara and her whole thing is why should you be doing things in private um I can barge into your room at any given time surprise surprise oh and you better leave this competition before I show my father um the inventor of toaster strudel that (laughs) you have been working magic on the sides and I have it on camera and that's where we leave chapter 18 and embark on Amari's pressure into doing better, hopefully, but also not in chapter 19. First off, why is her daddy the inventor of Toaster Strudel? Is that a thing? Did that come from somewhere? In Mean Girls? Ah. Yeah. I was like, I know that that's a quote or something, but I lost. I don't know. Um. Okay, sorry. I was I was so enamored by the. I mean the way that uh, Gretchen, the way that Lara and Dylan name drop their father for the several things. I mean it's the same way that Gretchen Wieners does. So same 
uh, movement, same actions. Why is it, sorry, this has nothing to do with the story, but more to do with, like, podcasting in general and, like, me being late? Why is everything changing while I'm trying to, like, quietly figure this out? All the UI different. I mean, they completely changed it, like, completely. They completely changed Anchor. It's a whole new different thing. To say all this to say, we asked you guys, would you go meet Magician Girl 18 if you were Amari? We asked on um, our, wherever you listen, I guess Spotify has a QA and <laughs> a um, thing. I don't use Spotify, so it's really funny because I cannot visualize it. Um, yeah. But Spotify has a Q&A button. And then we asked on Twitter and um, Patreon if you're, if you're a baddie. And so the new way to do the, the Q&A in, or the interact with the new Spotify UI is really, actually really great. It's just that I didn't check it beforehand before we started recording. So I got confused. No, they confused. But I really like it. I'm excited for it moving forward. But I was confused. Anyway, our buddy Hal um, said that 12-year-old him may have went and met Magician Girl 18, but 38-year-old him says, oh, nah. Mm. And I, like, you know what, Hal? It's fair. Because, like, I still think, like, I'm trying, you know, you have to... I love reading middle-grade books. I love how exciting they are. But the, the... I, we kind of talked about this in when we were reading Harry Potter as well as like when you, when we first read Harry Potter, we were that age. And then like the more and more you read it and you're, the older you are, but like the characters stay the same age and you're like, what is, Oh no, baby, what is you doing? Uh-huh. Um, it's a little bit harder now because the first time I read Amari, I was an adult. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> Couldn't be me. And I'm trying to tap into 12-year-old Robin. I don't think 12-year-old Robin would have done it either just because I'm very anti-asocial. I'm not anti-social. I don't need, you know, supervision or, like, interventions. But I am asocial as in I opt out as much and as often as possible. Um, So I, I even... 12-year-old Robin, I don't think I would have met Magician Girl 18, or I would have, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, I probably would have gotten, like, on the elevator and then chickened out and went home. Um, But Hal is being honest with himself and saying, like, yeah, at one point in my life. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's And the only thing that's sidelining me is, like, we are all, like, internet friends that met, but I think it's because, like, we also, like, we saw each other. We didn't, we made sure we weren't being catfished before we decided to meet up. Like she didn't have any like video calls or anything. And I think with by the time girl. most of us met, like I do like think of like internet friendships. Like you still need to be careful and all this stuff. But I, I do think at a certain point in an internet friendship, like, you know, this person, like, I don't know. I, I, I did watch the, um, Manti Teo documentary, so I should be a little bit more skeptical. But I do feel like <laughs> by the time I met Portia, for example, in real life, like I knew you. You know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I, I felt 
like if we had a relationship and like yeah i guess we did like i know i but i think that's also part of having relationships is like getting on facetime or sharing pictures and things like that so like i don't think i would ever want to meet someone if if my relationship with them hadn't gotten to that point too right like there are people that i'm still like i'm friends with on the internet and i've made friends with through the internet but like one of my i was willing to be like oh you need me to drop everything and fly to chicago just let me know when like because i know them Mm -hmm. even though i haven't met them yeah but it's also like there's is there's the part of like being adults so you know being able to make those risks and decisions not that that completely like you said like there are plenty of documentaries and like things that like (laughs) show how folks get caught up in ways and they're grown so it's not even that but like again there are certain also also because we have those things like we know certain red flags like oh you don't want to get on a call oh you're not going to share like pictures of yourself like those (laughs) kinds of things aren't necessarily like sometimes people are just like private but if you're like trying to build a deeper like relationship with someone you definitely have to be more careful I think for me it was a lot easier too because like I think Robin met everyone before I did which was not like on purpose it was more just like I think when Robin met Portia I think I probably had just moved or like you know what I mean so certain things like that yeah. so then Robin just I be met, traveling like that Robin yeah Robin was just out here and I was like at the time this is like years ago like Robin was like oh yeah. I'm going to this thing or I'm going to this thing and I was like I just moved I'm not going nowhere but like I the first time I met Portia in person she was staying in my apartment but <laughs> I already knew that she that was a real person because it's, it's a weird I, thing because I would not do that in any other situation but we had been like friends for like at least a year probably two robin had met her in person like so i'm like Porsche's a real person right it's not <laughs> it's not like it's like oh i don't know it's just some rando like who i've sort of been cool with like no like she's a real person she's the homie so yes um but again you have to have that like discernment and like it's and i think the first time i met Portia, correct me if i'm wrong Portia, but i met like four people at once because I think I met you right. and Deb and yep, maybe Connie. I think I'd met Connie one time beforehand because I was I had gone to New York like twice in like one year. Um, or maybe I'd met, I don't know, but I I it wasn't just like oh, Robin's out here. Like I also it was like everybody's know, meeting each other. Yeah, like this everyone was meeting too. everyone in a public space in New York. And like you know what I mean. So it wasn't like. I yeah I I had met them before Bayana, but I also hadn't just like you know me and Portia are gonna grab coffee. Um, I think the first time I met Connie, I was like we were in Times Square, which is like probably the worst place to meet people. But like you know, if if, if things went left, I was in Times Square. I'd have been like, oh. Um, so yeah, I still think though it's it's just interesting to note that like. There is also no real, um, I'm not, I guess I was going to say there's no real, like, downside to me, like, meeting people off the internet. That's not true. But, mm-hmm. like, Amari is taking, like, a huge risk in general of just meeting someone that they've, like, kind of met because the person has been very secretive and hasn't done the kind of, like, you know, anti-catfishing things that we think of but yeah. also because person is like saying that they're a magician which is an illegal thing <laughs> amari is 
been told that she's going to be watched closer than the average trainee. Like, there's just, like, a lot more at stake. And her being 12 and not really having that, like, kind of long-term thinking, which is not her fault. Her medulla oblongata ain't there yet. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, she's missing some things. Her frontal lobe is not fully frontal lobing. And so it it just is like, yes, it's a risky thing, but it's like way riskier. Yeah. And, and I also the will say, a magician. Like, yeah. And I will say that, like, for me, I probably wouldn't have met anyone like that as at her age. But that's because I was not meeting i'm just not meeting up with people period you know what i mean like it's not even right. like a, it wasn't because oh it can be dangerous it's it's like no i just literally somebody had messaged me like granted we did not have social media and phones when we were this age so there's that as well thank god like thank god for real but like i probably would see that and i would have just not responded i'd have been like this is weird i'm gonna just block and move on and then i would have missed out on a whole lot of stuff but I wouldn't have been in Amari's position in the first place, which we've we've discussed. <laughs> I would not be trying to be an agent, right? I don't, you, we would have been over there in our magical librarian program. Like we're gonna research you know. our way into finding Quentin. I don't know. We're <laughs> 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 gonna read all the books. You know, there's something there's something in a database somewhere, and by God, it we're gonna find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So that was our question for last week and our last two, whatever. That was our last question. Time is and now we're going relative. into chapter 19. And I, so we end with Laura being like, you got to quit or I'm going to tell on you. And I understand the like kind of urgency that, Amari's feeling right now because I think like you know if she does it her, her if she does quit I guess is the best way to say it um she still gets to stay in the if she quits and, and Laura ends up, holds up her end of the bargain of not telling on her she still gets to stay in the program um not as an mm-hmm. investigator, but like she can transfer to a new department and it might put her behind and all this stuff, but like, you know, her goal is to find Amari. And so she's, I mean, Quentin. And so she's, she still has a chance to do that just from a, you know, from the department of library sciences. Um, <laughs> but I, I also, when reading this part was just very like, upset so she says like as much as I dreaded possibly failing the tryout it would have been nice to at least get the chance to see what I could do and she had started to like she'd started her own investigation she started to like feel like she was an agent and she could do this you know and like Mm -hmm. even though her primary goal is to find Quentin she started to kind of buy into the supernatural world and being a part of it um, and then to have all of that kind of like snatched from her or po- potentially snatched from her, but by blackmail is just, ugh. Laura right. sucks. And even, yeah, Laura really sucks. But also even like, it's like, 
being in the um world but then also she got really far in her investigation too like she also talks about mm-hmm. that and like she was able to do so much in such a short amount of time um and again Lara decided that for some reason this is her business and it sucks <laughs> it kind of reminds me of you know we think about like all like what was the name of that hidden heroes hidden figures hidden figures mm-hmm. um but we always think about like all of the people who did something like amazing and didn't get credit for it or got you know it got stolen from them um because of oppressive systems and racism normally nine times out of ten um and then we like whenever we talk about that there's the inevitable of like what who else could have like who else's potential you know what i mean like yes um i'm thinking about zara Hurston because of that stupid tiktok but like you know she passed away in like a pauper's like unmarked i don't know if it was unmarked but in like yeah, a it was. pauper's grave um and like was kind of forgotten about or not celebrated her role until after death and that's like really an awful thing but we now at least have had the ability to like find her work celebrate her and like she's now held up as this like really important impactful figure um but like there's so many people like the Zora Neale Hurston's of the world who are still just in that unmarked grave and we haven't found and like reading this just made me think about how structures and oppressive systems and people like like the Laura's of the world can really like shut down someone's potential before it even starts right and like Mm -hmm. everything like if if Amari quits here like what could she have accomplished what could she have done um, that we just would not get because she's been forced to like into these like different decisions outside of you know whatever and it just made me yeah. really sad yeah definitely and you know I don't like to talk bad about 12 year olds but Laura sucks and she can catch these hands I'll beat a kid I'll beat a kid up <laughs> yeah it's a good thing Laura's fictional um it's a good thing because I kick her <laughs> <laughs> I actually did write somewhere. Oh, I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, we'll, we'll get there. In this I wasn't sure if it was this chapter or next chapter, but it's this one. So I'll wait. I'll wait until we get to that point. But like, um, okay. So Amari's going down to. She goes to the um Department of Supernatural Investigations uh to find Magnus. Um, and so she's like trying to look for the offices. Um, and it's kind of like, so she kind of like peeks into a couple of places because she's nosy and she's also trying to figure out where she is. So she peeks into the strategy room, sees a bunch of folks in army fatigues arguing as they huddle over a battleship board game. Um, but she's like, whatever they're talking about sounds serious. Um, there's another door with no plaque, um, but they're shouting from the inside. Um, and this is hilarious. It says, you tell the governor that if he didn't want his house pushed into the lake, then he shouldn't have cleared that forest. Seems to me the Yetis were only returning the favor. And we had discussed before about the Yetis being like 
in the mafia, the mafia. or something or being the mafia <laughs> like that very much gave that added to that uh to that headcanon for sure <laughs> i'm very much with this stance of like whoever whichever agent or whatever is replying so like you can tell the governor that if he didn't want his house pushed into the lake that he shouldn't have cleared the forest it seems to me the yetis were only returning the favor I was like, oh, okay, yes. Always side against the colonizers. Like, let's go. Like, if we're, all, we're going to be doing that consistently. I want that to be an agent, like a departmental stance. Like, always be on the side of the people indigenous to the land. Yes, let's do that. Also, I just feel like the, the uh, what's the word? Like, the amount, uh, I don't even think of it as like hatred. I think it's just like, righteousness to pull it push a whole house into the lake just like you know what <laughs> like it's like, and I'm like, like the foundations the was like, gone they was yeah. crumbling like, they're it like it's just over, over. <laughs> i'm pushing it all the all the whole thing is going in the lake like i love that for them and then so she goes she finds magnus's door um but it's locked and then uh but then she hears his laugh across the hall in agent fiona's office um, so, so she knocks on the door, Magnus opens and is like, kind of in the middle of something. What do you want? And I'm like, oh, you're in the middle of something. Interesting. Um, turns out what they're in the middle of is a date, which is very cute. What is the Department of Ethics, HR? Like, what I'm is like, that? Because I know. That. that wasn't even my issue. Cause I'm like, you know, folks can, uh, folks, you know, people do office they're on the same level meeting. though it's not like it's and like a, yeah and they're not the superior not, yeah no, they're on the same for it. me it's more like why y'all college. having a date in the department yeah building? Like, i was just like are y'all on call or like can you not leave right. or like um, so then i was just thinking like are y'all do y'all get breaks like this is where you have to have your romantic dinner like on your on her desk <laughs> like i hate that for y'all if that's the case you need some more you know work-life balance um yeah I get that. I what I was saying about the department is like there's there usually is not that you can't date someone that you work with, but like one your partner that seems like a conflict. Like you know, I watch a lot of procedurals and Law and Order, and they just wouldn't allow it. You can't have a romantic entanglement with your partner because if Benson and Stabler taught you anything, it just leads to messiness. Okay, and. Then my other part of that is like the the yeah like why are you dating in the office like and not in terms of like work life balance but just like this is awkward for Mark why am I able to interrupt your date <laughs> I think for by them, meeting you in your place I of mean, business it's not like I, I went to your do- yeah your door I, it's or not your like house. I'm knocking on your apartment door. Yeah, but then I'm I like, went to your like, office. Yeah, and I so like we'll we'll kind of get into in a bit like there will be an explanation for like why they're still at the office. You know what I mean? Like why they're working or yeah. whatever. But like still, like you said, then it's like, oh, do you have like no other time to date? <laughs> like it had to be tonight. Um, I'm sure they thought that this was like real cute because I mean, of what is. they're doing. It's you know what I mean? They're down. like, we got to be here. So we so might as we well might make, as well you know. Have dinner before we got to be here late. I mean, I get it. But I also feel bad for Amari because I feel like she's, like, she went from, she first off, starts off this chapter sounding like a sad, dejected child with a, like, it would have been nice to not feel like such a disappointment for once. Um, and I was just like, child, okay, 
all right, we're, we're going through it. Um, and then she's walking into this and she, it's like, she's like, oh crap, now I'm interrupting <laughs> the romance between these, this couple. Like, it's just like, it's just so much. And I'm like, she was like I don't want to make Agent Reasons Fiona like disappointed in, in me. Agent Fiona yeah. went to bat for me. Oh shoot. Yeah. Now I'm like, I'm blocking interrupting her. Yeah. Like, real, she's like, dang, uh-huh. like I'm ruining the vibe. Like I can't, I can't, I can't nothing catch though. a break. <laughs> Am I, is it me? Am I the drama? Am I the gray cloud? Like, is it me? Like, and I just feel so bad for her. So Amari is like, I need to switch to another department. Um, Fiona is like, don't tell me you've given up before you've even tested yourself. Um, and then that's when Amari realizes they're on a date. Um, which, like, I think it actually maybe lifts her mood a little bit because then she, like, cracks a joke. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, good job. Agent Fiona is way out of your league. So I feel like it kind of gives her a little bit of a, you know, kind of like seeing teachers out in the wild kind of situation where it's, like, weird, but, like, not in, like, a, it's just weird, I guess. Um, so I also anyway. want to note oh, that yeah. Amari is asking for being to be placed with a different department, but doesn't name a different department. Like doesn't say That's like, true. oh, I want to go to. She doesn't. She doesn't really actually try to like. Okay, if I gotta go, where can I go, go to that place? Fit? Right, because she didn't yeah. even. She just wrote the one spot, and then that was it. She's not actually interested in any other. Spot. Yeah. Um, like at I no think point it's also was she funny that I think if had she had English is difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Had she done that, then the response from Agent Fiona and Magnus might have been a little bit different. If she'd come in with like a "I would like to go here because X Y Z," it might have been a little different. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they would have been. I think they would have still had. They sort of asked her about it. I, well, yeah, I, I think they would have still got to the same in like decision at the end but Mm -hmm. yeah i think they maybe would have like you they would have been able to push in a different way like why do you want to go here what do you feel like this particular thing will like give you that this isn't and like you know what i mean like i think that would have yeah um yeah um so fiona is like i've got half a mind to take a look at your intentions to see what's really behind the sudden change of heart um but i won't and then she basically is just like, take the rest of the evening to decide. And then if you're still feeling this way tomorrow, then I'll I'll sign the paperwork. Um, and Amari's like, I definitely feel this way. Like, I'm definitely sure. But Magnus is like, just do it as a favor to me. Um, you know, so I, I mean, I get it. Like, we'll see again. We'll see why they're like a little more pushy about it. But I also get it in terms of just like, Kids be making split decisions. And they yeah. again don't know she's being she, blackmailed. But like, yeah. <laughs> like kids, kids be just making these decisions sometimes and you're like, are you sure? What's the medulla oblongata is not medulla oblongata <laughs> and sometimes you just have to be But also she would how sure is she if she doesn't have another option at right. hand? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure and the other thing like, for me, I was department. like, how is she like she thinking that she can get to a different department when Van Helsing said that if she didn't make it work? With this, with uh, the this department this year, that she wouldn't be able to come back again until next year. Yeah, and I think, I think... It's if she failed completely, then she wouldn't be able to come back at all. Yeah, like she won't be able to come back next year. 
Yeah, but I'm saying like they said like I think no, I don't think it was just Van Helsing. I think it was like everyone for their selections or something. Yeah, everyone was for their that, selections like, could come back. But I wonder. I mean, they didn't really. They just have to be a explain. trainee again. They don't, or they have to be a. Yeah, they don't get to become a junior agent. They're trainees. Right. So, so they they don't get to train for another department until the next year. Yeah, but I think because it's before the first trial, maybe there's like a you have time to switch. Which would still put her behind and stuff, but yeah. um, we, we'll, we'll never know because they, they were like, yeah. sleep on it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I do, like, agree with you, Portia, in terms of, like, not having anything extra. Um, and I like, again, they're not teachers. This is a job placement program type of thing, summer camp. But I do like the, like, Maybe not the do it as a favor to me, but like this, like just sleep on it. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, take a beat because it's not saying no outright, which she would then have to go to Laura and say, like, they said no. Um, right. You know, so they don't know that she's being blackmailed, but it does give it gives them or it gives her like the. I can go to Laura and say, like, I tried and the, mm-hmm. I have to try again tomorrow. And like that gives her some time. Um and all we need, as we see as this chapter goes on, is some time. Yeah. So much time. Um, so she goes down to the sleep-ins, which I, I mean, granted, we've been on break, so I, guess, <laughs> I was like, I forgot the sleep-ins were happening, but it's not like I, I did too. reading it right away. It's not like, but it's not <laughs> like we were reading it, like, you know, as you're yeah. supposed to read these books. So um, there's that. But they're being held in the training rooms, one for the girls, one for the boys. Um. They change into their pajamas in the locker rooms and they say the whole purpose is to relax and build friendships with other trainees before the tryout, which I think is a nice sentiment, but you know, everybody's a... Y'all trainees suck. Yeah. Are you trying to build camaraderie with mean people? Speaking of trainees who suck, Lara hops off her bed and comes to uh, Amari and is like, well... um, and Amari explains that she has to go back tomorrow. Lara's like, you'd better be sure. And then she turns and turns and stomps back to her bed. And this is where I wrote in my notes, like, I wish somebody would trip her. <laughs> I will like, trip a kid. It's one of those things where, like, you know, you don't wish, like, it's it's not to the point. She's not, like, grown and evil. So it's not to the point where you're, like, wishing death. And, you know, it's not Game of Thrones. You're not, like, wishing death on people. But I'm just like, I just want you to like step on a Lego, like something just real, like inconvenient <laughs> and slightly painful that you'll recover from. But in that moment, it feels really like bad. Like just somebody just trip her. Also, like <laughs> I would like her to visibly trip in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. And fall on her face. Yeah. She doesn't have to break any bones. I mean, blood, I, nothing. Just no, trip, just like public just humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> just a little, a little public humiliation. Never hurt nobody. <laughs> It would, for me, I just, I need for there to be one of the people, uh, one of the girls who's, like, around her to be, like, a more hardcore version of Gretchen Wieners or, like, a Katie Herring, basically, and just, like, be close to her, but really be trying to sabotage her and, like, just push her cot a little bit to the side, and so when she goes to sit back down, she's just like, ah! Right. And then, just like, doesn't falls. realize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> falls on the ground like just just little like you know little just stuff little things little things yeah. when you said that i heard 
I wasn't trying to pull her wig off. Just trying to shift it. Shift it a little. Yeah, she just needs a little, <laughs> little, 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 little shift. Little she shift. Just, just a little, little bit. Little shift. <laughs> like literally, that's what that's what she needs right now. That's what um, she needs. Before she can get like she obviously in real life needs like accountability and like whoop de whoop, you know, like some consequences. But in but the in meantime, the meantime, like just. Just little and in the meantime, she just needs to stub a toe, hurt her yeah, finger, you know, just like little. And maybe if it builds up, she'll be like, "Is this karma?" You know, <laughs> she might learn a lesson. <laughs> Why is it that every like, time I'm nasty to somebody, <laughs> my big toe hurts? Or right, <laughs> like I run into a window, you know, like birds when they fly mm-hmm. into windows, like <laughs> just just little stuff like that. Um, so. After Lara leaves and doesn't trip, unfortunately, Amari picks the bed farthest away from everyone else. Like, all the other girls have chosen beds that surround hers, which I'm just like, y'all, please, y'all don't have any other friend groups? Like, can we have, like... I have this- never been that into... Enamored like, I, with I've one al- I think I've always been that kid. <laughs> I think I've always been that kid. I was like, if everyone else is, like, doing that, like, I don't... First off, I don't like people like that, so I don't want to be around yeah. a lot of people. I want, like, one or two people. Like, I don't need to be around a whole group of people. And now we're doing too much for me. Even if I was, like, if I was friends with one of the girls who, like, circled around Laura, I'd be like, see, you doing too much. I'm gonna go over here to the side, because I don't want to be over there. Like, it's a lot. Like, she's the sun and their planets, nah. Like, like, nah. it's, like the how embarrassing I don't know if there are any children listening to this podcast I doubt it but like you know be your own son okay like right <laughs> like let's not do this and if, if a son feels too bright for you be a moon but a Come moon on. to your on your own on your own like, you know you what I mean to be hovering around people who like who are just mm-hmm. trying to soak up your energy like that. worry about your own axis okay Please chase a bag <laughs> um, don't worry about what she doing but the oh other part about this that I thought was really interesting this is a petty or small part it's like so you mean to tell me that we just go into this gymnasium change to our pajamas and go to bed there was no activity no right. there was no there's no team like building a, um, sorry thing. Robin but it sounds because it's the same name sounds like a Robin Dixon um, kind of like a <laughs> That will, I, would, I know Robin has not been watching, but Mm-mm. like under $15 family fun day with one fold out table and one of them like plastic coverings, a bunch of random snacks. And then was like, I don't know, y'all, we're just gonna, you know, maybe we'll play a game like no, no, <laughs> no, no, schedule, no plan, <laughs> just out in the park. And it's windy. <laughs> and like, yeah, they, family fun day. Right. They just said, let's, um, let's all go to let's bed. Let's go to bed. Let's go to bed. And that's when they should, they, something should have felt fishy. Something right. should have been, literally, some, some alert should have been going off in someone's brain. Like this, what is, what are, there's no like guided, there's nobody in the, there's no like adults in this room. Mm-mm. There's no guided programming happening. Literally just everybody can go talk to Lara while she talks about what the next, what the tryout's going to be because she heard it from her dad or whatever. Um, but and like I love a good sleep. I'm about to take a sleep. Like I'm about to go to sleep as soon as we finish up here. Like <laughs> I already know that is calling my name. But I remember one time, kind of. I guess this is a little Robin Dixon or whatever. Someone invited me for a sleepover, and they went to bed at like 9 p.m. And I don't go to bed that early because I'm 
in ADHD having, and I was like 20 something at the time. So I was like, I really not going to bed at nine. Yeah. And I was like, I be at home. Like, even, like, even if I'm not doing anything, even if I was at home on the couch watching TV, I would have been at home on my own couch watching my yeah. own TV. Yeah. I would have been, I would have been livid this entire time. <laughs> I'm sleeping on a cot. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I could be hanging out with Elsie, right? And y'all got me out here just so I could sleep on a cot and not talk By to these people that I don't talk to <laughs> yeah. on the regular. No, thank you. No, thank you. Nope. Yep. And you would have fallen asleep, irritated, um, irritated, and then you would have woken up <laughs> to somebody flicking <laughs> you in the face. Uh, so yeah, Mari drifts off to sleep, and then a few minutes later, her eyes open. Or his, yeah, her eyes open. Um, Dylan is crouched over her and he's like flicking her cheek. Um, Don't flick me when I'm flicking. It's <laughs> just like, dude. <laughs> but I also do get it on the other hand of like, they arrived in this place. He probably woke up first, clearly. Sees her. She's yeah. still asleep. And he's like, all right, so. But not on my face. Not on my face. Why are you flicking no. my right. face? You could, just, you could just like shake me. Like shoulder. Shake. Shoulder, grab my yeah, grab a shoulder. Yeah, my face. (laughs) No, like hey, hey, wake up, like sir, relax. Um, but so Amari sits up and freezes. Um, she's on the floor of a small library, and uh, there's a dusty desk to her left and battered bookcases all around. Um, Dylan's like, "Good, you're finally asleep." They're sharing a wakeful dream. This is the first tryout. I need um, yeah plot twist but also like I, I I need to know the mechanisms around this because if I do not consent to a wakeful dream that is also being monitored right I mean like people I are think watching- that I think that the them being in the tryout and like signing up yeah to in the gates like this, that- yeah Whatever like, the yeah. consent form for being part of the departmental trials probably Yeah, I think it covers this. Includes Included something this. about consent. Yeah. But again, goes back to parent, her parent not being aware not that knowing. any of this yeah. is going on. That's true. Mm-mm. Y'all just can't lull me to sleep and then put me in. I would I, I don't think I would I don't think I would do well in a universe reality where wake, wakeful dreams is a thing. Cause I already have pretty like lucid dreaming. And so then I just feel like I would never be a hundred percent sure if I'm awake or it would be inception for you. It would be inception for me and it would really mess me up long term. Yeah. I'm curious like how you know. Cause so far it's just like they like Dylan tells her that he's in a that she's in a wakeful dream. And the first time we saw it, like Quentin told her. Um, but I'm like, how does Dylan know? You know what I mean? Like, are there specific tells? that you're in a wakeful dream or not especially given um, that she's just now learning that it's a magical world so like anything random can happen and she'd be like oh it's just it's a magical world right. like things be right. happening I and i could totally see how that. she wouldn't know that that's what they're in but i could see how other folks could you know what i mean figure it out could figure it out or like be taught like this is how you know you're in a wakeful dream but i don't know what that is um i don't like it 
think I like this world. There's like a lot of yeah. AI. There's drones. There's ways to You don't do it, Robin. Since not... chapter one, you've I been know. like, I would go home. I would <laughs> Just go don't. home. Like, I, I really do want to. I want to find the whimsy in it, but everything that is like whimsy or it's like terrifying. It's that, it's that critical. It's that critical brain. You can't turn it off. Because I'm like, like, I'm like, because I'm both like, yes, there are those like questions, but I'm also like, just on its face, this is kind of cool. <laughs> Especially, I think it's cool in the context of tryouts, right? Because it's not like, like, there's no permanent damage. You're, I don't know. Yeah, if you die like in a wakeful not... dream, you probably die in real life. Well, I, no, because we'll sure. see. Like, we'll we'll get to like the thing, but it's like I don't. I think that you don't. I think it's literally like this is all happening, and then you're. You know what I mean? Like when I think you it's like, a, die, you wake up. You just wake up. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of feel like whole thing very stressful. <laughs> yeah, I think I I personally like it versus them having to do this in real. Like we've seen, yeah, we've read plenty of books, including on this podcast, where we see mm. like deadly tasks to do this thing. Whereas like here, they're clearly trying to keep these people safe, like these kids safe. Within you know yeah. certain like Re- parameters or whatever, but like this is a simulator and like yeah, not, like, like the room that there is for the mutants training at the school. Not to say that they don't get thrown into the real life version, right? Of those ones, but say that sentence again and look at who you're talking to. This is a simulator. You, know you lost me. I don't. You don't know what. <laughs> no, I hate I hate it. My skin is literally crawling right now. Oh and I've already read this. <laughs> I don't think I like this world. I do love these books. I do love these books. But there's something about like reading magical books where I'm like, I want to go here. I have not had. <laughs> Even the I... movie terrifies me. See, I'm more like, I don't want to be in this particular part of the, like, I yeah, I would I not be doing be Amari's path in this world, but I would be down to be here. I would just be in a different department. I just feel I like... would not be in Amari's path. I would be no. doing something. I'd be doing some research. I would not yeah. be. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, there is something particularly messed up about Amari's path, but I just, yeah, I don't. We're so excited to bring you all kinds of nerdy and creative content, but we can't do that without your support. Becoming a BNC baddie helps us with the general upkeep of our site, upgrade equipment, and invest in the team's creative development. Go to help out your favorite nerds and stay for cool perks like monthly live streams, behind the scenes, and bonus content, and more. If supporting Black creators sounds like your bag, you can sign up at www.patreon.com slash blacknerdscreate. So yeah, so now we know why um, Fiona and Magnus told Amari to wait uh, the night instead of um, just taking her like re- resignation in the moment. Which- Can I say too, I like really love, um, what did she say here? She goes, I'm not a fan of being tricked. Yeah. But I'm like, you didn't tell them why you were trying to quit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They just they just withheld information like you withheld yeah. information. Like my my how the turntables, basically. <laughs> but yeah. who is a fan of being tricked? Like you know, in scenario, someone like oh, you tricked moment. me. <laughs> 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 that was great. Yeah. That's like uh 
you know, my birthday's on uh, April Fool's Day, and Ami was like, we can't do April Fool's because of your birthday. I'm like, not really. I don't ban it. I just personally, you don't, I don't need to be involved in that. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That's not fun to me. So why would I want to do it on my birthday? You know what is I'm Ami saying? Is actually <laughs> a prankster? Is, is that something that she wishes? She there was a couple years is, ago. What was so... that? Twenty. It was there's a couple years ago where we were we were still in quarantine, and she. I think I we were making like iced teas at the time, and so I had made like an iced tea, and I pulled it out, and then I think I maybe left to go to the bathroom or do something, grab something, and I came back, and there was a note on it that said Ami was here, ha 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 ha, and that was the <laughs> April Fools. Like it was on my, and I was just like. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's like, great, April Fools. Like, she would like, not know that with her. I don't think she her... really gets it, but it's very, yeah. uh, yeah. It's it... childlike and cute. She went through yeah. this one thing with uh, her brother. I think because she saw me do it. I think I might have been, the, you know, when you like change their like oh, icon she does that. on like they just, shared. They just stuff. got over a war with that more than yeah. maybe the second or third time. <laughs> So that's like the closest I would say to like an actual real good prank. Yeah, except they do it all the time, so it's not they like, do it all the time. Well, so, randomly and change knows, his icon yeah. name. They know who it is. It's the two of them. Every time you log into Netflix, they got different names and icons. But like, <laughs> I changed my brother's like settings on Netflix or one of our shared accounts to like Spanish. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I don't even think it was Spanish. It might have been like Portuguese too. Cause I was like, it needs to be like something where he thinks he knows what's going on, but he doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but I did it the one time. Right. She does it all the time. She, so but, like, but also like, yeah, she does that all the time with them. I, she tried to rope me in one time we got it. We, I think she got it cause we all got into it and she didn't start like the first time. I think maybe Akira started it or something, but like, it was like a sibling thing but since then i'm like i don't need to be involved it's not that deep (laughs) (laughs) just like i got other stuff to do and i don't be on netflix like that anyway to even check so it's not gonna work for me but it's the Um, only thing that i would consider like actual prank like behavior yeah and i don't even know what she would do if she was to do april fools like for real at this point so i don't really i'm like you can do it just not with me like i just again don't enjoy that that's not a fun thing for me (laughs) i don't hate it i'm just like (laughs) <laughs> it's silly and it's not interesting um that could probably be cut but still like yeah i don't think anyone really enjoys <laughs> being tricked like that um so yeah but then she's also like maybe it means that they think i have a chance of passing and then she's like oh but i can't pass not with laura holding that video over my head so she's just like in her head going through it yeah um, I but i do get that sense of like Like, on the one hand, but on the other hand, but on the one hand, but on the other hand, like, I get that all the time. I'm, like, currently going through it with, like, when do I move? Mm -hmm. Um, But there is that added thing where she's, like, and is me not doing well, like, going to affect Dylan, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where I always end up being, like, if I make a decision that, like, that I have to deal with, then, like, cool but if I make a decision and then there's like fallout for other people then I need to like not do that or I need to be straight up mm-hmm. um and I do like that she has that 
thought process. Like, I think that that's, like, actually, like, a really great, um, I mean, Amari is, like, just, like, a really great person and kid in general. Um, that's why the book's named after her. But <laughs> it, it is, like, a very, like, empathetic thing. And I know that she doesn't feel this way and it's more like us reading it feeling this way but I'm like Dylan doesn't deserve her empathy <laughs> like F that kid but she gives it to him and she and their friends yeah one-sided friendship though it might be um well I mean yeah you're, you're getting ahead of yourself <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> I'm just so mad about the whole like I put myself out on the line for you to tell you that I'm magician girl 18 right oh yeah, no. Dylan remains sus, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Amari asks if they're partners, because it's just the two of them in this room. Um, but before he can answer, a red flame bursts into existence between them. It grows, burning white hot before exploding into a fiery message, um, which reads, Welcome to the first junior agent tryout. Get to the basement downstairs and retrieve what was stolen. Hint, the most it's the most valuable thing you'll find. Be prepared to explain your choice and remember your every decision will be judged. Good luck. Um, so yeah, so they're, they're kind of just like, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, guessing that there's more than one object they'll have to choose from. Um, but the first question is, are they supposed to work together or is it like, are they in competition? Um, Amari's first instinct is that it's a competition because this is elimination, right? Like half the um, trainees, or at least half, I think, have to go at the end of this. But Dylan points out that two that agents always work in pairs. So with that, they decide that they're gonna uh, work together until something tells them that they can't. Which I think I like this. I like this like thing because it kind of shows like that they work well together and like one strength is the other's weakness and vice versa or whatever. Um, so they decide to work together. Um, they kind of look around their surroundings, see, um, just see things like there's a lot of books, there's cobwebs. Um, initially they think it's an abandoned house, but then Amari notices a pot of flowers that have like clearly been, um, taken care of. So, you're like, okay, so somebody like somebody else is here. Um, they keep going, and Dylan takes the lead. It kind of seems like it's an empty house, but as they walk, they also can kind of like hear voices and stuff. I don't know. I again would not be here. It's kind of how I'm feeling. Um <laughs> so <laughs> they get to um an open doorway, there's a weapons room. They both choose weapons. Amari chooses an axe, which I'm like, I don't know what makes her choose it other than that it looks cool. Um, but also, like, I don't know what weapon she would... You know what I mean? It's not like there's, like, a better weapon for her to choose because it's not like she's... She said crossbow, and I'm like, actually, crossbows are... Like, as long as you got the arrows, uh, crossbows are supposed to be, like, the simpler Easier. arrow. yeah. Yeah. And axe to me just Both. seems like you have to be very close. Yeah, and like she says yeah. shotgun is light. But Unless like, it's like a like long like a long shotgun axe. axe. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a shotgun axe. Bring back shotgun Even axe. then. <laughs> I know. Um, but 
Yeah, it just feels like you have to be very close combat, and I'm not about that mm-hmm. life. I'm and not. I'm like, look, if I have to engage with blood, I need it to be as far away from me as possible, because I yeah. don't do well with blood. Yeah. I do like the idea of um, the crossbow because of that distance thing, but aren't they, like, isn't it easy to, like, hurt yourself? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know that's a lot to reload. It's not. It's not. Just gotta. It's just gotta keep arrows on you. That's the only thing. It's like you had to keep the arrows on you. You run out. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, she chose the axe. (laughs) Um, Dylan chooses like knives. I think. Yeah, he chooses a dagger. Um, they keep going, and then, uh. As they're walking, gleaming red eyes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Dylan has, like, supernatural aim. That's what what the crystal ball was saying. Yeah. Yeah. We're not sure. sure, uh, But, like, that is, like, his noted superpower. And so I do think that, like, the dagger is actually a cool choice because it feels like you got to get close, but you could just, like, fling that thing. That's true. If you got your date, yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Um, okay, so they're, they keep walking. Uh, Dylan stops, and Amari also sees these gleaming red eyes appearing in the dark. A hulking frame in tattered clothing steps into the light of the second doorway, its head hanging unnaturally to one side. It's missing an arm, and one of its legs is turned the wrong way. It moves uh, with jerky steps. A growl fills the hallway. Um, so this is a zombie, which I, again... That would be like, I'd be like, all right, take me out. I'm done. I failed. <laughs> Over with. <laughs> but um, Amari, uh, Dylan starts to lift the dagger, but then Amari notices uh, that the zombie is holding a bouquet of flowers and it walks right by them. Um, doesn't even like notice them. Um, so Amari says, just because we're afraid, it doesn't give us the right to attack. Um, where I'm from, that happens a lot. You get labeled as bad or scary just because of how you look or what neighborhood you're in. And then it was like, remember the flower pot in the library? I bet that's what was going to put flowers in it. Which is like, I appreciate her, like, like how her experiences kind of inform how she acts or thinks. Interacts in the world. Yeah, and like that, how that is like written, I think is really good it again would not be me because if i saw a zombie i don't i wouldn't attack it i would probably i would run like i'm not about to like come at it with a dagger or an axe i'm just like y'all could take me out of this wakeful dream over with <laughs> like <laughs> i don't even know why i'm here in the first place like that would be me but uh it reminded me of like agent k and men in black because the story is um is frequently compared to men in black and Agent K in Men in Black, whenever he goes to the gun range and he uh, waits to shoot and he doesn't shoot until it's the most serious white girl with like oh, the yeah. metaphysics book. And he's like, what's she doing out here? <laughs> like, oh, this man, he clearly he's snarling because he's hungry. I can't let him go because he's just he's having a hard time getting the rapper off. Like, that's not on me. That's that's just that guy having a hard time. But this girl, that's suspicious. Why is she out here in the middle of the night with this book? Something's going on here. And I love that, like, that's the similar vibe here. And it's like the perception is like what you see in front of you as like the 
uh, like what you're stereotyped is and told are the bad people or the bad beings or whatever. Uh, you can't go off of that stereotyping. And I love that, like for Amari in particular, she's taken that in as like, um, I've seen stereotyping go down for people in where I grow up. And that is why I am not going to be throwing stereotypes on some, onto someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really mean, we also see that, it but that's going to be like laugh and recalling yeah. that really black moment. Yeah, and it's also in the way that she treats Dylan too, or like even before she knew who. Yeah, like, who she didn't want to. She didn't want to like cast Magician Girl eighteen as a bad person, um, and a lot of that was because she was a magician. Like, mm-hmm. um, it, it's very in keeping. I think it's really interesting though because I forget there's like um maybe it was like a video game I'm not sure but like you you're like shooting at targets but sometimes they have like you know it's a baby and whatever but there's something about like the adrenaline of like having these weapons being told you know what I mean and so like mm-hmm. even having the wherewithal and like you said about like having her and Dylan like together um to like stop and actually look at the entire person um i think it's like a different like gift or skill set than just having the empathy like cuz i would like to believe that i would be like oh he has flowers or whatever but he's a zombie like i I don't know if I would have even noticed anything else except like there is a zombie walking towards me. I don't think I would have seen what was in his hands. No. Mm -hmm. Good for me is like I already know my fight or flight response is freeze. So I probably would have got shot off because like I wouldn't have attacked. It would not I would not have attacked. But I would not have I also don't think I would have noticed the like flowers and that he was like cool. You know, I'd have turned around and ran. It would have been one of them. Oh, oh, you running? Why are we running? God, <laughs> Zombie, run. So. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so then Amari takes the lead. They go into the next uh, doorway, which, so it's a room with a view of the desert landscape. Um, which I think we, I'm like, I don't think we talked about that there is a desert like so they they're in this house but there's a desert um around it oh <laughs> she knocked out um Not. so yeah so they're the house that they're in is surrounded by the desert um there's it's all there is is like a cactus outside that's been already chopped down so it's pretty desolate out there um so yeah so back to the room there's a girl tucked into the shadows um she's calling for help um amari recognizes her as a junior agent trainee her name is stephanie um and she has a sword by her side she's like i don't want to be a junior agent anymore did you see that thing in the hall can i come with you guys um dylan's immediately like no um and like this is kind of like the flip side so amari is more inclined to help stephanie but dylan is kind of like taking in the whole picture so asking where her partner is um asking her if she's left the room she says she hasn't and then amari's like i'm gonna help her and dylan's like no where did she get the sword from like if she hasn't left the room why does she have this sword um and then a wicked grin spreads across stephanie's face revealing fangs um amari freezes up because they remind her of moreau but dylan pushes the girl back 
and she stumbles into the sunlight and dissolves into a cloud of ashes. So, what is that? I assume a vampire. Vampire? Vampire? Yeah. In every book that I've read, vampires burst into flames when they get the hit sunlight, but maybe it's just a different thing. Yeah, I mean, ashes are... Maybe they didn't want to traumatize the children with the imagery of the flames. Up, so they were just like, the, the, dust, the dusting will be enough. They don't need to see the flame portion. But they do need to fight a vampire portion. Yes, yes. And they need to see a zombie with flowers. It's the same. Yes. It's, all, it's all. It's all good. All right. Um, so then. They do make a good team. We should say that. I think also, like. It's very, like, telling that Dylan can tell when a there's a mean girl lurking because of who he's grown up with. <laughs> he's, he's like, like no, no I... trickery when I feel it. <laughs> he's like, I am very, very familiar with a wolf in sheep's clothing with some, mm-hmm, yeah. with some little girl tears. Mm-hmm. I, I know that intimately. I know the size. <laughs> um... Yeah, so they so they keep going. Um, Amari has a moment where she's like realizing that like having a partner is working out, um, and then she kind of thinks about the fact that Dylan trusts her and like, am I really going to let him fail because of me? So this is like a moment where she's like, okay, I don't. Again, what Robin was talking about earlier about like, if it's more than just you, I'm not trying to make things like difficult for the other folks involved. Um. Yeah. So she's like, at this point, she's like, I have to try my best. Like, I don't want to, you know. I this is. She's wanted real friends for so long, somebody to have her back, and she wants to make sure that she has like his back too. Um. So she's like, I can always quit after the tryout. I'm not gonna like, you know, blow it here. So they find a staircase at the end of the hallway. Um, they go down as quick, quietly as possible. There's a dark stone room waiting at the bottom of the stairs. Um, a row of pedestals is down the middle, leading to a tall red door in the middle of the back wall. Uh, so they keep going and nothing really is happening. Um, which they both are kind of like, this feels too easy. There's no like booby traps. No, you know, they're not like going through a laser grid or nothing crazy. Um, so they look at the pedestals. There are four in all, each a little taller than the one before. The first one holds a painting of a giant sea dragon crushing a large wooden ship. Electricity sparks from the beast's massive body. And that is a leviathan, which is one of the seven great beasts. Write it down! Let's go! <laughs> now I have to remember where we wrote it down. Uncovering the mysteries. Um, and we knew there had to be a dragon somewhere, but we were like, yeah, but we were like, it's no, not like a dragon. great dragon name, yeah. or you know, like no, a sea dragon, not okay. making, you know, okay. like an electric one too. Like let's mm-hmm. electric sea dragon. What is? How do you keep yourself a together? Leviathan. Okay, let's see where. Now I'm like, where did I? Where did we write this down? We have too many documents for this podcast. I think it was uh, just in the agenda. Agenda. I know, oh, but I'm me, trying to let me go which. to Spotify, and we ah, asked that it, question. I found it, I found it. Okay. Fine. Sorry. Because <laughs> we had said, what was the first one? 
Shoot, now I'm forgetting what the main one was. Um, it was the uh, ooh. It was it was the Indominus Snowman because yeah. that's yeah, 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 yeah. being locked up down in the Arctic. Snowman and the Leviathan. Now that's two. Those are two confirmed. And then the rest. There's something were... else that was wasn't there one, one something else was confirmed? No. No. Big those are just catfish. No, those are we. Yeah, the rest were were speculation. Guesses. I feel like there yeah. might have been one more, but I'd never thought about a Leviathan, like. I didn't even know that was a thing. I've heard that word, but I've only heard it in the uh, context of um, the Leviathan was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., wasn't it? But it was like somebody oh, was, was a Leviathan. It, but it was I like a it was code like a name. Society. But it was, yeah, like I think code, it was, it was I a code it, name. It, so I, in my head, never thought about what it actually was. But I'm pretty sure the didn't the wasn't it? I'm I've always sure. heard it in I terms it was of like talking black. about the size of something being enormous. Like it's always like the Leviathan sized. Like it's like a size thing. I always thought of it as like a shadowy organization. Um, I didn't know it was. A, I didn't know it was a beast at all. Yeah, no, no, no. A- Agent Carter. Agent Carter. There was like yes. There was. They were like, oh, the Leviathan. It was like a. It was. Which is funny because it's was it similar that black to a Hydra. Gooey stuff? No, huh? I think it was a code name. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a group. people use it, it like to a... like describe like ships or like yeah, they'll be like, it's a challenge to navigate a wheeled Leviathan in a rush hour traffic, and it's like. They use it for size scale, and I never really realized what this what they were measuring up to scale the thing to, like Same. a large sea dragon. Yeah. Well, the more you know. Do do. <laughs> this is the dragon that we should have got in Game of Thrones instead of the stupid zombie dragon that somehow has freaking ice, whatever. Oh my god! Blah, ugh, laser powers. I liked the ice dragon, but I didn't like how we got it wasn't it. actually ice though. It was like a zombie. Yeah, I know. Laser. I didn't like how we got there. <laughs> I'm like, it didn't even even it didn't even do. I'm like, every one thing if it actually blew ice, but it didn't even blow ice, and I was like, this is dumb. It was. It was. <laughs> there were a lot of reasons why it was not good. Um. Okay. So there, the second pedestal has um a bowl of clay. Um, covered in primitive markings, so that's super old. Um, and then the next is a glittering diamond bracelet, and the fourth is a golden crown. So they're kind of looking at the crown. Amari thinks like the diamond might make me rich, but a crown would make me queen. Um, but it can't be that simple, can it? So they both are kind of. So she goes towards the crown, and there's a large boom that echoes through the room as something crashes on the other side of the big red door. Um, they're both kind of like the closer they get to the crown, the more whatever is behind that door is freaking out. So Dylan's like, grab the crown. Amari snatches it. The red door bursts open, sending a wave of water through the room. It knocks her off her feet, carries her back to the third pedestal. Um, Dylan is sliding, waving his arms for something to hold on to. He slams hard into the back wall and vanishes. So that's kind of like how. Like we, as we can see, it's like not harmful. 
Like he's woken up. He's gone. So now it's yeah. just Mari on her own. I'm sorry, but whenever the line was said that the red door in a tidal wave of water knocks her off her feet, the song Beyonce makes me weaken. Oh. <laughs> my feet i'm like i don't know why we're here but we're there see and i was just hold up they don't love you um so yeah so amari's on her own she drops her she dropped her axe when uh the wave hit her but she still has the crown so she's like realizes that because the dream hasn't ended like it's still not over she has to get to the stairs or get up the stairs um the room beyond the door is full of water, but it isn't pouring out. Um, it's like the water has been magic to stay inside. There's a huge uh, water python in the water, which, no thank you. Again, no thank you. But um, it kind of hisses, bears its fangs, but it's not following her. So she's like running toward the... Um, she like thinks like oh should I get the axe and fight it and then she's like yeah right like I know I can't do <laughs> like I can't do also anything. she left her like axe like five left, leagues beyond yeah her. she like it's doesn't like, have an axe she had she would have to find the axe and then attack and like she's like no that's not gonna work so she just decides to run um but as she runs she realizes that the snake isn't chasing her and then um realizes that the crown isn't what they came isn't what they came for so she stops drops the crown and then the second her foot touches the first stair the world around her vanishes um so she wakes up and she's out of the um oh so there's like the shades over her eyes um the, an agent lifts the shades from her face and she's surrounded by the other trainees um and then we find out that she made it the longest so that's usually a good sign that like she's passed, but they have to go to um, the auditorium to like find out the results. Also, they have to change back into their trainee uniforms, which I'm just like, what was the point of like making? They like have this whole ruse of like change it to your pajamas. We're gonna have a sleepover. My question is, <laughs> what time like, of day is it? I'm like, have they too. slept so long that it's now daytime? So now it's time <laughs> to put on actual clothes and not PJs, or did you, are you just being made to put on clothes again for the presentation? I'm like, cause, how long but I also, but I also did think about uh, like, what if they had to go to the briefing? In their pajamas. This is literally the worst sleepover ever. <laughs> Very much so. And it's interesting too because if Amari is like one of the first people who went to sleep because she wasn't socializing so, and her dream was the longest. So then maybe she did have a full sleep cycle because how long did it take them other girls to go to sleep? But do you, have you ever had like a really stressful dream? You don't feel rested after that. No. Yeah. You gotta, she, they gotta go take naps after their sleepover. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's my sound of disapproval. But I don't mm-hmm. I don't have a another option, but Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they get to uh the briefing auditorium. Um they're told to go stand next to their partner. So Amari goes over to Dylan. Um Amari is kind of like not sure she's like i've either got this thing all figured out or i screwed up big time (laughs) so 
I love those decisions where you're like, I don't know, it's either really bad or really good. Nothing in between. I hate either. that whenever that happens in like, tests, like in school, yeah. I seem so annoyed by tests because like I was known for getting good grades, but I'm like, dude, like that don't mean nothing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this test did to me. Like, it, This could be the test that I do crappy on because it happens or it could be the test that I did well on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really do not know. It's like I feel like that was like most of my schooling, because especially because I was a communications major, media studies major. It was like there isn't actually a right answer. It's more about how you present the answers. Well, that's college. And you're like, yeah. Oh. In college, it's I, in college. I'm like, that's it's all about making your case, and I can make a case about almost anything. But a test, especially math, like who knows mm-hmm. what I did? Oh. I knew. I knew I was not doing well. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Fiona clears her throat, um, steps uh, to the center of the stage, um, and is saying that basically, like you know, everybody should be proud of themselves. You did, it, the tryout is designed to trick you, um, test your instincts and ability to work as a team, um, which are great, which are like foundations to making a great agent. Every single action is judged, but there were three automatic disqualifiers. So. Um, the first test was simple. Did you leave the library together? Uh, there were a few close calls, but ultimately only two pairs failed that task. Um, and then those pairs have failed. From and the- I really was hoping that the pair that decided not to do it was Laura because she's all in for herself. I and, know. You know, that was her. It was out for her. But sadly, but, her name is not the one that gets called. No, it's just people that we don't know. Just, just. Uh, so they they have to go. Um Next, the chance to get a weapon um, and then a chance to use it. So depending on the combined level of familiarity with the supernatural world, um, there were more or less clues that zombie, that Mr. Zombie was not a threat. So, for example, a pair with no familiar, familiarity had um, the zombie show up in pink polka dot pajamas, humming happy birthday while car- carrying the bouquet of flowers. So they do account for, like, knowledge level, which I think is cool and like i thought that was really cool yeah, yeah. like but then it was also like sorry go ahead oh i but i was like it also at the same time does kind of trick you a little bit because if you have for example like it was amari who doesn't really have that much um knowledge of the supernatural world who saw the zombie and was like oh no we can't like we shouldn't attack it versus dylan who does and would be used to seeing zombies but they still had a, he... a defeat but the zombie still had a bouquet of flowers. I wonder if, like, was there someone, was there a pairing that both of them had familiarity? And then what was the sign that the zombie was okay? I think it was that the zombie would also have those outlandish pajamas and, like, it'd be much more. But if it depends on familiarity, then it must be different. Oh. But I think maybe that just having the flowers was, like, the, you're very familiar yeah, Amari I think it definitely still had because... a. Yeah, I don't think it would have just been a zombie with nothing. I think it was either like but with what the if, flowers, but some like, range what if the of zombie from just like is walking to... down the hall with nothing. You know, what I'm saying like it's, like it's not paying you any mind, but it's just like. Yeah, I think if it was not just a straight up zombie, I don't think definite that that... clue that it's. I think it would have to have some kind of clue because I think just doing yeah. nothing is not really a clue because zombies already move, like, with without like obvious direction if that makes sense like they kind of just shamble along so yeah i think it would still have to have some kind of external clue it's just a matter of like how many 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking though. I also wonder, like, I wondered about how they got paired up, and I was thinking about like well, they probably paired Amari with Dylan because at the last thing Dylan sat next to her when people were like obviously shunning her, right? And so it's mm-hmm. like at least if anything, Dylan is not outwardly hostile to Amari and like mm-hmm. Fiona and the other agents would like have seen that and picked that up and like put them together. Um but in the case of the other partners, I was wondering like did they try to do kind of lesser familiarity with more familiarity with the supernatural world. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Dylan and Amari are obviously complete like opposites where Amari has like no familiarity and Dylan has been like born and steeped in it. But because of who Amari is, like we got to also give her the partner who doesn't want to hurt her, you right. know, <laughs> or, or sabotage her. Right. So yeah. I was wondering about that too. Is like how, how were partners chosen? Did they get to kind of, we don't hear about it from Amara's perspective, but like, did some of them get to say like, if I, if we had to have partners, I want to be partnered with this person or what, however it worked. But I'm sure that the other pairs were probably much closer together in terms of like familiarity. Yeah. With the Which also would be interesting too, for like the ones that decided not to work together. <laughs> like what yeah. were those relationships like? Or like if they were homies and we're just like, Oh, I think we're supposed to like compete. Like, interesting that's interesting um so yeah but that still tripped up a few people so she leads off she reads off some more names more trainees leave the stage um the most effective of the disqualifiers was the stranded trainee um but he's like it's, it's also important to take measure of instincts and how well you analyze the situation um so eight trainees go so at this point there are 16 left which means that everyone left on the stage now has passed so that means amari has passed um but um fiona's like don't get too comfortable because you still got the second tryout um but two of them um scored the high the highest in the tryout and get a head start at the next one so we find out this by talking about like what they chose to take um, basically everyone left with the crown in hand except for Dylan and Amari. Um, Dylan is of course shocked because he disappeared before, um, Amari finished. So everyone else kind of gives the same answer as to like why they chose the crown. But, um, uh, <laughs> so Fiona goes to Amari and says, Tell me, was it a bit of genius or a severe case of overthinking that led you to drop the crown before retreating up the staircase? Uh, Amari clears her throat and says, I'll say genius, which I'm like, you know, good for her. (laughs) Wait, let's also remark on how Adrian Fiona was like, uh, because whenever she gets over to them, she's like, I'd like to ask you about the decision to not Mm, keep the crown, Dylan. But you didn't make that, make it to the end, did you? And then Dylan goes red because he knows he didn't make it to the end. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. I, mean, I didn't mean to skip that because that's, it's also important for uh, the beginning of next chapter. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so she asks uh, Amari her reasoning. So Amari says that like she didn't know until she tried to escape with the crown the water python didn't chase her and she wondered why. And then she realized that the snake was guarding the water, not the crown. Um, 
and Fiona's like, why would the water be so valuable? And Amari's like, we were in the middle of a desert. So um, the only thing alive was a cactus and even that had been chopped down for water already. Um, and then she says, put a queen, put a king in that desert and he'd gladly trade his crown for a drink of water, for a drink of water. Um, um, Fiona's like, shots fired. Um, and then says, okay, Miss Marty Pants, why then would the water python attack when you grab the crown? Um, and Amari says, because the crown was on the last pedestal. Every step closer to the crown was also a step closer to the water room that the snake was guarding. Um, the python only knew that you were getting closer to the water and not that you were going for the crown. Um, and then Fiona says, you were asked to retrieve what was most important. And Amari says, I did. I was dripping wet when I got to the last stair. Um, and boom, because of that, she and Dylan have a perfect score and a 30 second head start at the next tryout, which 30 seconds is so like, <laughs> I feel like I would, it would be a letdown to me. <laughs> and like, obviously we don't know what the next tryout is, but a 30 second head start feels significant. Like... Also note that Amari is the first person to get a perfect score since her brother. So right, yeah. it's, no, it's a Peter's thing. Mm-hmm. It's a Peter's thing, you know, just, just a little light work <laughs> it's a and then fiona's like trust you'll be sticking around then peters like she's like see you were trying to quit and i told you not to and now look at you um dylan is super excited he picks amari up spins her around is like that was so epic we really did it which like okay he may not have made it to the end but they did do that together like she ended up making the final decision and is the reason why they got a perfect score but the fact that they passed is is technically down to both of them so like i don't want to discount like the fact that he but she did that thing but she she's the reason they have a perfect she took them from passing to perfect exactly exactly okay um so here comes laura who for some reason still has not tripped um and says (laughs) Give me one reason why I shouldn't send that video to my father right now. What video? Asked Dylan. I recorded your partner using a spell book inside the bureau. Caught her red-handed. Prove it, says Dylan. Lara pulls out her phone and the video is gone. Um, and then Dylan's like, there you go making up stuff again, sis. Oh, and the book is mine, by the way. Amari's just borrowing it. You tell dad I brought it here and I'll tell mom who really maxed out her Du Bois cosmetics credit card. And I'm like, this is the this is like the real standing up for for somebody thing. Like before, he just kind of sat next to Amari. He was a little more passive, and now he's like, "All right," <laughs> and I appreciate that. Like that's it's called growth. But also, how does her mama not know that it was her? I feel like this is is willful willful ignorance. Unless on her mom's unless part. she blamed somebody else. You know what I mean. Like she says, who's blamed? Maybe Dylan, which I don't know why that would make sense, but right. You know, and Maria's not around, so it couldn't have been Maria. So what is who? What, what is I, who could actually really be? From what I, it could have been, like, she could have been like it was fraud. True. From what I have, from what I, I have just hope that she didn't blame, blame a maid or an assistant or something. Because yeah. I, I feel like assume, that would be up her alley. I would assume she would blame like somebody stealing the card or something like that, and like. This is only from what I know about rich kids from <laughs> movies, but 
the parents usually aren't all that uh, attentive. <laughs> so I <laughs> obviously, again, this is for movies. I don't actually know that. But they life, were attentive. But... To, but her mom was attentive enough to bring up it being a, an issue, right? Like it's like who? Well, yeah, like, but I mean, like in terms of her mom, it, could also of, like. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, in terms of like, if Lara, it could be a thing where Lara's like, I didn't do it, and Mom's is just like, okay, you know what I mean, just like not as, like not pushing. Yeah. See, and I was thinking that like her mom could know it's Lara, and is just like wanting her to admit it, but they seem like the type of people where it doesn't matter that the card is maxed out. And they're not actually going to confront their kids. Because, like, they have a problem with Dylan collecting magician stuff, but he still gets to collect magician stuff. Like, they're not actually, yeah. like, It's not about the money of it all. Them. It's just about the appearance of it all. And yeah. they just need to yeah. appear like they're actually parenting by asking how the car got maxed out. Like, yeah. It's not really an issue. Um, so, Lara stands there stunned, then she huffs and stomps away, still on both feet. Not having tripped. Um, but Dylan calls. <laughs> Make sure you put the book back where you found it. Um, which, okay, I mean, you know, this is a little bit of karma. Like, Amari gets to stay. Lara got told off. Her video's gone. Put it back in Amari's room? She's not invited to Amari's room. <laughs> right? You said put it back where you found it. <laughs> like, just give it back. Um, so Lara is... If Lara was shocked, there's nothing to how Amari feels... Um, she's like, you erased that video with with magic? Um, tech magic has its benefits, says Dylan. Um, and Amari thanks him and says, if I'd thought of that earlier, I could have saved myself a whole lot of wor- worrying. Um, which is also what I thought when it first happened. I'm like, Dylan is right there. He already explained. Right? <laughs> like, you, that should have been the first person you go to. He, but he texted also, you without a phone. He could, he could hack in. Come on. Come on now. Um, but I do also get why it wouldn't have crossed her mind in that moment, because like, it's brand new information. She's freaking out. There's Laura keeps taking advantage of, of Amari when she's desperate. Like she's, mm-hmm. Amari's vulnerable Panic. and desperate and she takes advantage of her in those moments and she knows that her, her desperate brain just goes straight up to like crisis mode and is not yeah. able to like fully think through. Mm-hmm. Also, as much as she like wants to trust in Dylan, it's still his twin sister. It's not like, right. you know. Yeah, exactly. Some other mean girl. But also, it was Dylan's book again, so it's just like little little yeah. things. But again, she was panicking, so things happen. Um, so after Amari thanks him, Dylan shrugs and says, "Partners have each other's backs, right?" And Amari's like, "Definitely." That's where we end this chapter. Um, tight. Okay, who is your MVP? Amari Peters. Agreed. Um. Even in, like, the amount of stress, she performed well. And I think what, like, we, what was not shocking, but, like, cool about that to me is it wasn't even, like, I'm so stressed out that I cannot, like, I'm stuck. I can't perform. I'm not at my best, right? Like, she still was able to do the things. And she was more worried about, like, the aftermath but she still got through the the tryout um and she was able to kind of like overcome that stress and 
that feeling of being tricked, that kind of overwhelmed feeling and like still do what needed to be done and get a perfect score. And I just think that that's like, already the tryout was like, would have been difficult for her because she is, has no knowledge of the supernatural world. She's been launching her own investigation while she's also learning about all this stuff, while she's Mm -hmm. also dealing with bullies and being isolated. So like, she already came into the tryout at a deficit. Um, and then had like an even bigger deficit of like, I'm about to get kicked out and possibly go to jail. <laughs> Who knows? And still, you know, perfect score. Love to see it. Yeah. Um, I also made Mario my MVP pretty much for the same reasons. Um, it's just like, I also think it's a good confidence boost um, to show that she is like, in the right place and can actually do this and you know part of the reason Lara blackmailed her in the first place is because she sees her as a threat and so she kind of just confirmed that here so I made Agent Fiona my MVP because she's clearly the leadest assessment uh, creator designer here and I liked that this tryout was designed to actually probe for things that are necessary in the field and discernment and understanding and actual like resourcefulness and like things that'll actually be useful in the field um, rather than being like a standardized kind of uh, thing that um, the Van Helsings were misled into believing. I wonder, I too also wonder like if the, the Laura's information was uh also due to agent fiona like kind of like glad handing to the director like by design like giving him a false impression of what things are going to be or if the director actually stepped in and did it himself because but i doubt that i feel like he'd give his kids every leg up that he could Mm -hmm. so i love that um however it came down to be agent fiona kind of like mitigated any factors of anyone having one big lead over another it would come down to actual skills and ability rather than just like foreknowledge and um like a level of nepotism yeah um benched i think we're all unanimous (laughs) i so we laura and i know that we tried not to bench too many people or bench non-named characters so this doesn't really count but it's a special mention to whoever planned this i guess it would be agent fiona but i don't think i think i feel like agent fiona was focused on the actual tryout whoever planned this as a sleepover (laughs) because (laughs) the event coordinator for this yeah it could have been something i mean i I understand the like i do understand the like secretive nature of it and like wanting it them to be thrown off kind of situation and not like because as as an agent you know stuff will happen at any given Mm -hmm. moment it's not like you can plan for things to happen so i understand that but i agree that they should have like made it i feel like everyone should have went to sleep being like oh this is the tryout Something no. is like yeah, well, yes, in, in this situation. Night. But I think if they this had is like because the there's they no sleepover. There, yeah, if they had like you know put out popcorn or like you know yeah. put a movie on or thrown on some just you know stuff like that. And like even like I don't think that they drugged these kids, but like 
throw a little NyQuil in the popcorn, you know, or in the in the Slurpees or something, you know what I mean? Like, and then you can throw the, put the glasses on everyone, but like definitely have them have fun, have them feel like they're really doing something and then knock them out. Yeah. I just but, felt like I, I would have been immediately like, this is suspicious. You know who could have- Go into the locker room and put on your sleeping, your PJs and lay down. Yeah, it sounds like a, like being at a like an older person's house or whatever. Like you're like, oh, I'm staying tonight at like uh, someone who clearly wants me to be asleep by nine o'clock. Like, okay, mm-hmm. fine, sure, whatever. Um, but for me, who I think would have thrown a really great sleepover, um, because I've been watching it on Disney Plus, would be like Moon Girl and or like her mom or grandma. Like they would have been really great sleepover planners. There's a moon. There's a Moon Girl show. On it's Disney animated, Plus? so yeah. I don't it know just how you came, feel about that. Yeah, but it just dropped. Uh, but I'm gonna I watch was it telling anyway. Ami to watch it. Yeah, it's so good. I thought you knew. I'm sure. And yeah. it's funny because Lawrence Fishburne is like completely in his old man era and like doing like the narration work, and he's using like his old black man voice, and it's hilarious. <laughs> I have to watch this. Lunella, I'm excited. Um. But yeah, we all been Schlara and, you know, for for the reasons that we've already stated, pretty much. Because she's still, the worst. Still hoping on her tripping. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week for Chapter 20. Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create. If you want to keep up with our content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Twitter at BLKNerdsCreate, at Yana Wrote It, at Robin underscore Rambles, and at Porshia. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Black Nerds Create. Um, subscribe to our monthly magic newsletter and follow up. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review. Um, thanks, y'all. We'll be back next week. Bye.